Stories move hearts and hearts move impact. Slingshot Stories. 10 to 15 minute episodes built around what we believe to be really practical key areas of impact that are going to help you grow in your understanding of what impact is and how you can accomplish it. Everybody's on planet Earth for a reason. Find your sweet spot, get off the bench, and get in the game. Welcome to the Journey to Impact podcast. I'm your host, Ed Gellantine. This is the next episode of Slingshot Stories, and I'm super excited to be joined today by Vanessa Brown, the Executive Director of Lifeline to Success. Vanessa, welcome. Good morning. Vanessa is joining us uh, by a long circuitous path from California. She got a degree in psychology and business administration close to my heart at Stanford, and then made her way over to Memphis, where she got involved in uh, Lifeline to Success, and this whole uh, idea of how do we help people in the process of coming out of the legal system, the judicial system, yes, and becoming productive citizens. And so I'm really excited to uh, hear her thoughts on this because she's been living it yes. for several years. Our last podcast uh, in the uh, Slingshot Stories focused on the research behind helping people come out of the justice system. And we wanted to have Vanessa come join us and tell us real-life stories. It's extremely difficult. It's a long process. There's a lot of nuances. It's not just a spreadsheet where you check these boxes off. Mm, yes. Um, it just takes a lot of work, and you guys have done fantastic work in that area, so we're pumped to have you. Thank you. So give me the 60-second sort of cliff note version of how you got into it, and then we're just going to dive into, particularly in Memphis, y'all's organization, how you guys have been able to help. Gotcha. 60 seconds. <laughs> no pressure. Moved here from California, a uh, packaging company, and uh, worked too much. Ended up going out with some friends and met my future husband. Uh, did not like him. <laughs> I like to say that all the time. Um, but he did have uh, the law looking for him because he used to uh, uh, hang checks. And that's yep, writing uh -huh. checks. His mom was going through cancer, and I was going through cancer at the same time. So we became real friends. When wow. he got arrested, uh, she asked, could you please stick with him? And it didn't have to do with dating, just he, she needed, needed someone with him. Mm -hmm. And from there, the best place to get to know someone is when they have to do some time. All you can do is talk. But when he got out, the problem was you were supposed to get a job, you know, get your ID and get all that. Couldn't get any of it. And he got frustrated. And at that time, instead of taking his frustration and going back, he took his frustration to fix the problem. And he came to me and he said, I need you to quit your job. And after, I mean, I worked for a long time and I loved the stress. And I said, quit my job. And he said, yeah, because this is what we're going to do. And it was supposed to be just getting documents. So right. birth certificate and all that stuff. Well, here we go. <laughs> it's been a good ride. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, and you did that in less than 60 seconds. That's right. pretty amazing. So let's just, let's cut to the chase. Typically, uh, programs like y'all's have focused on get a job. Yes. But you already referenced ID and like, how do you even get a job? So when you talk about helping the men and women that you guys are helping uh, in this holistic process, What's the first one or two things you guys start helping them with? 
Well, the clients that we get, and we call them team members, so I'm going to stick with the word team right. members, um, they are low in education. Uh, they may have a mental illness. They are all aggravated felons. So those are the people no one wants to talk to. Sure. So we do not focus on jobs at all. You walk in my office and ask for a job, I'm going to probably turn you around. If you walk in my office, don't have a felony, I will turn you around and we do get those. Uh, we work on someone standing in the mirror and saying, I love me. Sure. I can get through a day. Wow. That's a hard process when there's trauma. It is normal for crime to be around. I'm used to not having people hug or love me. It is a hard, long process. So we don't age out in what we do because sometimes it takes more than a year, two years, five years, 10 years. A so we're, sometimes. yes. So we're yeah. always present. And that's what makes the program work. We're present. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So talk about that. And I know coming from a bit of a psych background in education, that's got to be super powerful. But trauma, mm -hmm. uh, extended trauma, uh, just comes out a bunch of different ways. Um, how do you guys, how do you guys help them get at that? Stand in front of that mirror and say, I love you, because that, that takes a long time to get there. The first thing is we have to build trust. Um, it's great to be a husband and wife team because they get to see us for the real. There's nothing faking in what we do. So they get to see our walk and they get to see our children's walk too because they come in the afternoon. But we have to build trust. We don't make promises we cannot keep. Um, we also have some great partners. We vet partners to make sure that if you're not in the business of loving human beings, then you cannot partner with Lifeline. Um, in the black community, counseling is not normal. Counseling is not right. a good thing. So how do you get them to go to counseling? Well, the first thing is um, when you come in my office, anyone, if you ask for Mrs. Brown, they will tell you Mrs. Brown is not here. I'm mom. So they'll come into my office and we'll just do a chop it up. And that's just talking. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's even just sitting and listening and allowing someone to get something off their chest. And then maybe they'll come back and say, what do you think? Yep. And even if it's something that I haven't been through, I can only give an opinion. And then I say, but you walk with it. Yeah. And then they'll come back. But the other key to what we do is you have to always be open. We don't close. And the group works together. So if they call me mom, Mr. Brown is dad, and then you've got a whole family of children. So they have to work with each other. So we mentor each other. Right. And I can tell you the beauty of it is they also have to mentor my husband because he's been, he went through prison. Right. So the first thing that, that pops to my mind is how much time that takes. Hmm. Right. And so we're yes. always talking about how efficient we can be in our culture, probably an obsession with mm -hmm. efi efficiency. I'm, I lead the pack there. It's my, uh, it's something I really have to work on. Uh, cause my kids are not interested in my efficiency and, uh, my wife's not hardly interested in my efficiency. So talk about like, that's a lot of time mm -hmm. and you guys have kids. Yes. I do too. This idea of, of being present that you can't always plan when I call them teachable moments. Can't always plan when those are. So how do you, um, that's a lot of time. How, how do you handle that and grow the impact? That's I called your lifeline. So your lifeline are graduates that have already graduated. They're the lifeline. They can call out. So that's why everyone's always present. Somebody is present. Um, the work is not hard. And I think everyone looks at it as hard. It would be the same thing as what I do in my home when my children need help. It's the same thing that I do every day in the office. 
And when you see someone that is broken, um, this is it's such a uh, emotional job that we have. When you see someone that's broken, it is in your heart to be there for them at all times. So the men come in at nine o'clock in the morning. We have classes, which we go through anger management and things like that. But they don't leave us until the streetlights come on because then we allow them to go out to what we call job training and they do blight mitigation. So imagine, well, it's 90, it's going to be 96 today. They're out there in the 96 degree weather working together with heavy material that people get nervous that they're going to hurt somebody else, but they don't. They start working together because of everything they talk to in class. And one thing they do in class is it's almost like Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in class stays in class so they can work it out together. And it's amazing in the morning, sometimes we may not get to the topic in the book, but we get to the topic, what happened last night. I went home. My girlfriend's mad because I can't pay for all this because I used to stand on the corner and sell drugs. Sure. What do I do? And they'll come to me and I'll have to tell them, oh, I had the same problem. Mr. Brown got out. And it's hard for a woman to understand a man needs to be hit. But when he could not be and I was making the money and even though everyone knew where the money was, we were doing this together. It was not, I was hurting his feelings sure. because I was the bread maker. Uh-huh. So we would have these discussions. And then we have to bring the family in also and understand, remember, this person is new. This is not who you used to think they were. Interesting. So yeah. it's not just the team member. It turns out to be a whole group of people that have to come together to help this team member become whole. Yeah, the whole village thing. So I'm thinking uh, you just said it's not hard work, but I'd have to guess that the emotional burden is heavy. Yes. Um, but talk about what they're actually doing through the day. You, you mm-hmm. referenced that there's some class time period. There's sort of on the job training, um, which I love, right? Everybody, and you have a psych background, but everybody can go to a counselor and write down. I know I can Correct. all this stuff I'm supposed to do, but if I don't go practice my anger management or how to deescalate a situation or certain words, it's just not as good. It sounds like you all get to take them from a classroom yes. right in, out of the frying pan into the fire. So we call like, we call the Institute um, like college courses. Uh-huh. And then when they go out to work, that's the lab. Mm-hmm. So everything that you have in there, it's almost like going to church. Yeah. When you go to church and the preacher's talking, you've got to take everything that he said and now work through your week. And that's exactly what we do. And what are some of the subjects or topics that are in the classroom? And then how does that go out? Um, so to, be, to be direct, there's baby mama drama. They, yeah, that, uh-huh. That's key. Yeah. Um, it's uh, submission was last week because people use that word in the wrong way. Yeah. And that is so interesting when they're talking to me about it. Um, there is uh, family unification, anger management, time management, um, grooming. Wow. Yeah. And we'll stop there because grooming is, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I teach them etiquette Mm -hmm. because I had to tell them we'll go all the way back into history. And I have to, uh, most of the, the men and women, they'll, they'll start talking about slavery, but I have to tell them that there was an etiquette that your ancestors had. We don't want to lose that. Mm -hmm. So let's bring that back. We were a hardworking people. Mm But now we have a group that feel entitled. How do we lose that and become a hardworking people again so we can keep that legacy going with our children? And what are some of the responses you get? Because these are not easy subjects. No. Oh, they look at me crazy. 
And it's funny, and then they laugh, but then we start having conversation. Right. Right. And that's what we miss. There used to be in a class that you're lecturing. Oh, no, we're having conversation because I'm not a teacher. I like having conversation. Right. Um, all of their opinions matter, which they used to not matter. Yeah. When they were in prison, they were only a number. And before they got to prison, they may not have been anything because mom and dad are in and out, in and right. out. So their time matters. So class should end at noon. If we end at one o'clock, we end at one o'clock because I want to make sure everyone has their opinion out. And then the next day we sort of put it together. So Mrs. Brown, you said that and I felt this. What about that? Yep. Well, now you're thinking. You mentioned teaching and sort of the separation between teaching and lecturing. And you think about how a mom teaches it's it's a lot different than just a lecture, um, but you also teach about there. You talked about sort of their reaction, and, and I think about you know true teaching. It uh, most of the time takes some repetition. Yes. And so you got to sort of throw that difficult subject out there, yes. and they got to process it, come back, reprocess it, all those sorts of things. Um, talk about if you can real quick as we we try to land the plane. Just a couple of stories or anecdotes where you've seen lives changed that even for a person that's seen this, walked through it in a large uh, part, you're just like, man, that's crazy, and yes. I got to have a part of it. Part I'm going to give you two. One, one is a little sad, but I'm going to give you two. And the first one is, uh, this is our fourth year in, had a young man that spent about eight years in prison, and every drug charge you can have, he had. Walked in my office, uh, was on probation. So he said, well, ma'am, I think you need to call my probation officer and let her know what I'm doing. Called the probation officer, and the first thing out of her mouth is, why are you wasting your time? Mm, yeah. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, why are you wasting your He's going to be back here in probably about 60 days. And I said, well, let me call you back in 68 days. I like a challenge. Yeah. Um, I said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, I want to be a general contractor. Well, turns out, finds out that his charge would not allow him to take the chest. Well, another challenge. We worked together. And I'll say his name, Billy Irby. Billy Irby worked to pass the GI test or the GC test. Yep. Billy Irby uh, worked hard to be a pillar in his community to give back. And Billy Irby is building Harbortown, South Memphis, and Midtown. Wow. With a company that he's had, and the beauty of it is he gave back to Lifeline. So he came back with a check to Lifeline to make sure that he could pay rent for 10 members. Wow. Um, my next story is uh, our, one of our oldest members, and this is Mr. Henry. And Mr. Henry had uh, drunk driving charges. Uh, his mom would tell you, and she was later in age, uh, that he just would never commit to anything. But he would get up every morning, get on the bus from Bartlett to come to Frazier to be at class on time because he felt a part of something when he came to us. Um, Mr. Henry could not work the blight patrol, so we gave him an assignment. His assignment was to watch the truck, which is the most important assignment because people like to run off with your equipment. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he did that, and then um, he started having heart issues. But Mr. Henry would never stop calling, so he'd do check-ins, check-ins. Mother passed, and it took, really took him through, but he still do check-ins. Well, team members started stopping by his house, checking on Mr. Henry. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Henry passed away a couple weeks ago. Wow. But when he went to the service, his family could not. They shared stories about Lifeline that we never knew he shared. So his life was Lifeline. 
he appreciated Lifeline. When he needed a ride to the doctor, he knew who to call. Yeah. That wasn't transport. Mm-hmm. That tells me that he got what he needed. When that was a tighter family, someone he can trust. That's all we want. Yeah. Um, when you talk about I'm, one thing I'm real good at, and that's being a mom. And all I want every child that walks out of my Lifeline office, and we also mentor children. So it's a whole big it's a community. That's a, a big community. A yes. Yeah. Um, is for them to come back and smile. They don't have to go to work. And I've got many that jobs just aren't for them, but they yeah. come back. Miss Brown, I walk my children to school every day. Wow. I'm Mr. Dad. I'm, you know, I'm the best mom ever. Yeah. My job, well done. And it's only because every morning I pray and I say, God, lead me which way I have to go. Because if not in itself, then I'd make a whole bunch of people like Vanessa Brown. And that's not what my job is. That's fantastic. Uh, when I hear those two stories, I think about hope versus hopelessness. Yes. And I think of sort of family versus aloneness. Mm-hmm. And I think those are just key to anyone's life. But coming out of complex trauma, I mean, I think about eight years uh, in prison, that is that's life changing and it's habit forming. Yes, um, and and to come out of that and and have a place to go, really remarkable. If you think about going forward mm-hmm. with y'all's organization and the criminal justice system in general, uh, what are one or two things you think are key to effectively doing? what you guys have been doing on a larger scale. The biggest thing is if you've served your time, you're now back a citizen. If you purchase something, you're a taxpaying citizen, give them their rights back. They can't vote. That is the biggest thing. And that is my biggest fight right now is to make sure that they can vote because they are citizens. Uh, Secondly, the men and women are brilliant and they work great with their hands and we want to get more training in. I've got a great guy coming in for HVAC, but auto body, um, anything with their hands that is no longer cool. Yeah. Because everyone likes everything electronic. Mm-hmm. And to teach them the essentials in life and watch them grow. And that would take someone taking the time to do that. Uh, we've got a couple of people, but if you look at how many people are coming out of prison, I'll give you this one story. I go up to Riverbend, which is our maximum security prison every quarter. Last time I went, I was the first time ever I was escorted by task force. And when I asked why they took me to intake, we had three great hound size buses of men going into prison wow. of every color. If they're going in, they're coming out. What are we going to give them? And just like with our children, we're taking away the after-school programs and all this. Well, we're doing the same thing with the men and women that are coming out of prison. We don't want to give them employment. But guess what? Their job is not to go back. They don't want to go back. Right. Try spending a night in prison. I mean, just going to visit is not cool. So they will do everything they can not to go back. But if you don't allow them to be a citizen and be a human and not allow them to go to work and get the things that everyone else gets, then they go back to what they know, Sure, which is not the best thing, but you have to survive. Yeah. I, I, I hear you as well said. One of the things I love about work is it brings dignity. Yes. And I remember as a young boy mowing grass, I still like to go do it because it, it, 
is something that actually gets finished, right? And you can yes. stand there and admire it. But whether it's uh, working on a car, um, we had a technical college come and, and uh, on, on our previous episode, amazing stuff going on that's more than just that living wage. Um, but I think if you can couple a living wage with stepping back and saying, I just did that, um, dignity is right up there with hope. Yes, it is. I think. Yes, it is. Well, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I appreciate you sharing the story. And I am interested in having you guys back and just sort of seeing how it's going in the future. Yes. But thank you so much for joining us. To everybody that's listened, I hope this has been helpful. You can reach out to Lifeline to Success on the internet or Instagram or whatever is the easiest method for you. And ask for mom. Yes. Don't ask Ask for for Mrs. Brown. Uh, and she'll be happy to let you know more about what they're doing. Y'all are doing fantastic work, and we wish you all the best. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. We love your feedback, so please let us know what you thought about this episode as well as what you'd like to hear more of in the future. For more information, impact resources, or to purchase a copy of the book, Journey to Impact, visit edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. The book is also available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Target.com. For Ed Gillentine speaking inquiries or advertising opportunities, send us an email at ajourneytoimpact at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the Journey to Impact podcast team. Executive producer, Ed Gillentine. Produced and edited by Joey Woodruff. Special thanks to Stephen Chandler. Mm-hmm.